This is Angry Bob, the man with the industrial dick, coming at you loud and clear on WAR Radio. Rise and shine, folks. It's a beautiful day. Just look at that sky. It's a work of art. <laughs> Nature never knew colors like that. And a friendly reminder, when you look at it, be sure to wear your shades. The radiation counts way up and the heat wave ain't expected to let up either. Weather control tell us it'll probably hit 110 downtown before nightfall. As for the good news, there is no fucking good news. So let's rock with one of our golden oldies. Cecil, you do realize that people like us are the first ones that are going to be killed in the apocalypse, right? Radio Drone. Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for it is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember, my friend, future events such as these will affect you in the future. I am Josh Hadley. Welcome to Radio Drone. With me, as always, is Ray Pape. There is no fate but what we make for ourselves. And there is the Trachtenberg. Are you sure you're not Criswell? Oh, I didn't say that nearly <laughs> as fluidly as Criswell did. <laughs> but guys, if you want to help out the show, go to adamandeve.com. Use the promo code DROME, and you will get 50% off of a single item, three free DVDs, a free sex swing, and free U.S. shipping. All for using the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com. And right now, Valentine's Day is coming up, so plug your exhaust port or plug someone else's exhaust port with that thing. It is the future, after all. If you're going to go looking for movies, if you're going to be on the kind of skeevier side of the internet, you need a VPN. That's where NordVPN comes in. Go to 1201beyond.com backslash DromeVPN, and you'll be able to get Nord service for 75% off of a three-year plan. That's only $3.79 a month for Nord's protection to encrypt your data, to encode your data, and to allow you to skip around and tell the internet wherever you want it to know that you're from. And you can't can't be tracked, so that's a good thing. So 1201beyond.com backslash VPN. So on that note, as I alluded to with the non-Criswell Criswell opening, we're going to talk about the future tonight. Because sci-fi movies are a big staple of the stuff we watch. There's all these different futures. Some not so bad. Some pretty bad. What we're going to talk about now is the different futures and maybe the pros and cons of those. What future would you like to be in from a sci-fi movie? God, that's a really good question because there's so many different ones and so many like interesting futures in a lot of movies. I mean, what would you want to live in? Obviously not, not Zardoz. But you'd get like, to wear great clothing use... in Zardoz. <laughs> I'm not going to use that one as an example. Now, a pretty decent one might be the one in uh, Running Man, though. At least it seems like the general public seems to kind of like that future uh, before they find out that there's actual TV shows about people really getting killed. First, it does seem like that's like a pretty decent one to live in. So I'm going to go with the, the Running Man future at first. 
they censored everything. The media was censored. The news was censored. Everything was controlled by corporations. You had no yeah. individual freedom. Even teaching the Constitution was a death penalty offense. I don't think <laughs> the running man's a good future, man. It's not. It doesn't seem good at the end of the movie, but it, on on paper, it seems okay. So I'm going to go with that one because, at least for my first example, because it seems kind of close to the future we already have. So I'm going to go with that one as my first example of a dystopia that's probably livable because it's like there's still people living and working and, and living their lives and shit. And it's not until the end of the movie where everything gets all exposed and everything. So I'm going to go with with Running Man as not necessarily a future I want to live in, but a future that's like actually livable. So I'm going to go with Running Man first. I'm going to guess Cecil's probably going to want to live in the Highlander 2 future, right? (laughs) (laughs) In like fantasy land, I would like to live in some sort of post-apocalyptic future with giant bugs and uh, weapons made out of whatever you can find and people fighting over gasoline and oil. But I recognize that probably wouldn't be as much fun to play as a video game or watch as a movie as to live in. It would be rather unpleasant with not being able to bathe because there'd be a lack of water, being itchy all the time because everything is a big desert. Cecil, you do realize that people like us are the first ones that are going to be killed in the apocalypse, right? Oh, yeah. Well, that's one of the things I was reading or watching something not too long ago, and they were talking about future and about how everybody, the strongest people, were all like the murderers and, and the, the the people that got out of prisons and whatnot. And it was like, yeah, because they're the ones that are going to not have the, they're not going to hesitate when it comes time to kill somebody. If they run into an accountant, of course the accountant is not going to be able to take out the murderer. So, <laughs> but, uh, but on that token, those murderers are not going to be able to use infrastructure. They're not going to be able to get the computers back up and running. They're not going to be able to get farming running. They're, they're going to run out of their little murderous rampage page relatively fast basically you need the nerds the tough guys need to protect the nerds the nerds are more important because without us you die off like the whole thing with like the mad max future too is like that's the the way that future works is it's like it's many years after the initial war too so a lot of it is like it's literally kind of the people that are living in that world are like kind of the Kyle Reese type that like grew up kind of after the nuclear war. And then it's like, you, you've got that kind of Mad Max future of people that had grown up kind of after. So it's like the people, the people that actually got killed or were adults during, it was more like threads. I think realistically we're kind of, we're headed for like a free Jack future. <laughs> Well, I was actually thinking something that that is probably more realistic. Now you got to take out the alien hunter because that's not what I'm talking about. But I think a Predator Two future is more likely, where crime starts to get more out of control. Climate change is going to start making the planet uninhabitable. Because remember, in, in the dead of summer, 110 degree days are the low side in Predator mm-hmm. Two because it was it was literally tackling global warming. You got crime right. rising. You have bureaucracy that just absolutely doesn't work. Take out the alien hunter aspect i think predator 2 is a oddly realistic future just not 1997 it's another uh another very livable one for sure like it kind of feels like where we're definitely like hurtling toward 
Yeah, although I still don't know, are are Jamaican gangs really that violent? They oh, were in the nineties. They, they were uh, in the nineties because what happened is this is this is what I read. I don't know if this is a hundred percent accurate or not, but basically Jamaica got a new government around that time, from what I understand, and they basically cleared out their prisons and sent all of them over to America. They're not our problem anymore. Jamaican voodoo posses were an actual thing <laughs> that were a problem around nineteen eighty nine to nineteen. 91 because we had this yeah. giant influx of Jamaican gang members so movies like Marked for Death and Predator 2 seem kind of ri- ridiculous today but at the time go back and find old news reports from the time that actually was a problem then so it seemed were, like that was going to be a problem for the future you know because that was actually a threat at that time so yeah that's kind of Predator 2 was kind of trying to say that in the future, uh, the Jamaicans were going to be gunning for us, but it's like, no, well, not really. It was just kind of that that period. But it was there was that, and then um, hard to ki- no, not hard to kill. Mark for death. Um, Mark for death. Mark for death. Screw, yeah, that had Screwhead. Screwface. Because so, that was the thing. Screwface. Sorry, I was working at the time. I I had a, a couple of Jamaican like guys that I was working with, and they were like the nicest dudes in the world and it was so funny because i'm like i'm like what what's going on i don't know you know i'm like so i it was just always funny to me because i always knew them as as just really nice people and i didn't know and you know because it's a little different now with the internet you can kind of go and look shit up but back then you had god uh i think we were still on what 28 baud so it was like to get you you weren't getting an influx of information like you were now so you couldn't look stuff up as easily so he was just kind of going by lived experiences we should have got well not that we should have but we did briefly get some uh jamaican murder gangs well what about the most idealized future that we could ever have star trek to me star trek would actually be kind of a boring future i mean not like like we talked about last week with like zpg where it was specifically talking about the banality of conformity and 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 safety but star trek now think about it okay yeah the enterprise and the defiant and deep space nine they get into lots of scuffles and stuff but most of the federation is just boring diplomacy i think living in the federation would just be dull at least with that sort of future with like uh tng and with deep space nine and stuff is kind of it's like a very peaceful future. Diplomacy has taken over. Everything is kind of like like a shared thing. Money doesn't exist. There's no poverty. Doesn't Disease anymore. doesn't exist. What fun is there left? The only fun really is like if you join if you join the Federation and you ab- board yourself onto an Enterprise ship and then you go and, and fight some some Klingons every now and then. But it seems like just being an average Joe would just be kind of day to day life wearing a jumpsuit like everybody else wears and just kind of living living a docile sort of life so it's like it's not it doesn't seem like the most energetic of futures it's another one of those things where it's like you know a bunch of world wars and had to happen first so it's like again it's one we wouldn't be able to live it would be (laughs) again we would be in the in the threads part of it first (laughs) i'm always bringing up threads (laughs) well see i actually think no this isn't a future obviously but have you guys seen the wild bunch the old sam peckinpah western from 69 yes long time ago the theme of the wild bunch is you've got the new technology coming in you've got civilization coming in and and the whole thing is you've got these old these old west gunslingers who now don't have a place in this new world they don't fit in this 
this new world and there's no old world for them to go back to. I would like to see something like that in Star Trek. As the Federation is starting to take over, as Starfleet is entrenching itself, what about these old World War Three warriors and these like street samurai and stuff? They have no place anymore. You tell me that would not be an interesting Star Trek story, wild bunch for Star Trek, as the Federation it, is coming in. That would be cool and they would be they'd be like some pretty old guys too just kind of left over it'd be a very uh very johnny cash last gunfighter ballad kind of thing yeah that's exactly what the wild bunch was just in an old for the old west and you know civilization is pushing them aside i don't think that it would be boring because you essentially can do whatever you want you're freed up you know to try i mean you could try to get into the federation but then if you don't make it into the federation you still have time to do you know to to learn an instrument to uh, I, I think you mean starfleet because the federation is what you are in no matter what starfleet well, is the okay. militarized angle Federation, right. I guess, is kind of just the way of the way of right. life, I guess. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Starfleet. But I mean, you have, and even if you don't get in specifically, you still can get on to one of the ships. Like there are civilians that are living on the, uh, on the enterprise and they're living on the, the other ships. So oh, you could still be on there. And if you're bored, go to the holodeck bone an army of scarlett johansson's you know i mean I can, can you I imagine would... how much quark had to clean out the hollow suites uh, there uh, had to be uh, like sh- you know just like spray nozzles on the walls i can only imagine how uh, nasty like you know a klingon going up there can you imagine klingon spooge on everything i would hate to take a black light to a hollow suite well oh, I've, I've, I've never just thought like... about the uh i never thought about the thickness of klingon spooge but i guess now that you bring it up now i'm thinking about it no, you they can't get like it out of your head, really, can you? Really industrial squeegee. <laughs> I would hope that they would have like some sort of futuristic or uh, Roombas that go in there and just mop up that, you know, disinfect it and, you know, just clean that whole. Every time they walked in after Barkley was having one of his sessions, it just smelled like bleach. You know, they just, they couldn't. Hit. Oh, God. It just... Now you know why Ram and Nag always hated working at Quark's. Right. <laughs> They were the cleanup crew. Oh. They were the, uh, the the clerks jizz moppers. Oh man, come leave streaks if you don't clean it right away. A lot of people don't know that. So I do. I I would hope that they would have some sort of things in place because they never. That was one thing they never really broached because you know at least one person used it for that. Riker. Okay, uh, if anybody was going to use it, it was going to be Riker. Nah, he doesn't have to. What are you kidding? He's got an army of women that want to do him for real. He's not going to go in there and get the fight, <laughs> the fake stuff. Alright, well, leaving the spooging aside, what about something like the Max Headroom future where, yes, it's a satire of, you know, the 1980s, obviously, where television is everywhere, television and media mean everything in a sort of Running Man sort of way, you know, although it predates Running Man, it, it has this, you know, the media, they control all the flow of information. That's why Edison Carter is so important. What about living in the Max Headroom future where there really are only two classes, the low class and the high class. There is no middle class anymore. The divide is so great that they just placate the masses with the media and there is actual truth and then there is subjective truth. And really, you as the viewer are left to figure out which is which, although most people like the subjective truth. What about the Max Headroom future? Future we're currently living in, basically. It's 20 minutes into the future, Peter. It's only upper class and lower class, and we're all 
constantly fed uh, uh, media, which we're, yeah, we're kind of already living in Max Headroom, kind of in a similar way that we are actually sort of living in, in Running Man as well. So that one would be at least another example of maybe not a great one to live in, maybe not like an ideal one, but like one that's livable and not like a Mad Max war zone kind of thing. Like I think probably the most like ideal one would be the Star Trek future. Cause essentially other than the occasional galaxy laser blast warship fight, it seems like things got pretty peaceful, at least as far as like, Earth and like the Federation of Planets and, and stuff like that goes. Max Headroom sounds like a very typical dystopia where people are probably fed a lot of propaganda a lot of the time, are told that things are better than they are, but people are working and have like, I, I guess, like halfway decent lives. So that one wouldn't be, it probably wouldn't be terrible. It would be livable, but maybe not ideal. Uh, it's just another example of uh, how far ahead max headroom saw huh, like max ahead. Headroom, yeah <laughs> ahead. actually i didn't do that on purpose but it uh it really did it nailed it there was so i mean i think we did this a while ago didn't we go over a list of all the things that they predicted that came true reality shows blip verts the uh the way that death sports was, remember raking that's basically yes. you know the x games just the the way the news works, the news cycle, like just a laundry list of things that they got right. So I think that they did such a good job with it. And it's a shame that at the time they just didn't recognize it in only. I mean, at least we got a season out of it. Two anymore. seasons. Oh, you know what? You're right. But it, well, it, it was, it was like, two, season one was only six episodes. There's only 17 total, but it did go for two years. Right. But I mean, that's right. Because it was back in when when you could you would have that. But yeah, it's it went on. But still. Still, they really didn't go as long as it should have. Well, that partially was just ABC because they placed the first season opposite Dallas. That was not Ooh. a smart move. And then oh, season no. two, they placed against Miami Vice. Gee, I wonder oh. why nobody was watching. That's crazy. That makes sense, yeah. But then what about sort of a, a spinoff of Max Headroom, which, I mean, I don't mean a spinoff, but I mean just stylistically. What about something like Johnny Mnemonic, the future in that, <laughs> where you have the low-techs, but you also have the very high-end, not just Yakuza, but Johnny lived in this giant hotel and he was used to the best things in life. He wanted his shirts laundered. Then in you also Tokyo. have the low-techs and you've got all this technology and NAS might not have been the best thing maybe curing that was probably a good idea but what about the johnny mnemonic future leaving the nas aside because that's sort of a plague uh that sounded that seems like a pretty fucking awful future to be honest because it seems like if you were to live in the johnny part of it which was like kind of a more higher end living out of like nice fancy hotels and having your shirts laundered like they do at the imperial hotel in tokyo he was also a brain courier he was getting data implanted into his head, into his mind, which was probably real stressful. He had to bite down on like a bite plate every time they had to do that. It seems like there would be lavish things, but Johnny was also a guy that was like sleeping with escorts, carrying stuff in his brain that probably hurt like hell. And anytime that would get messed up, which it happens in the movie it starts to really screw with your brain and it might kill you if they don't take it out. And then you got other people that want to cut your head off because you've got certain information in your head. So it's like, if, if you want to lead the good life, you could either be part of the Yakuza or you could be a brain courier, potentially can lead to brain damage or 
street preacher Dolph Lundgren wanted to cut your head off. So it's like maybe not the most ideal future. That one sounds like a pretty a pretty dep- depressing dystopia where there's like a very minimal ruling class and everybody else is poor as dirt. Poor in terms of like the low techs are literally living on the street and in like the subways. And yeah, that one doesn't sound uh, that one doesn't sound too great to me. Well, no, there's a difference between the low techs in the book. Let's leave them aside because they're kind of crazy. They're they're like a weird Amazon tribe kind of thing, filing their teeth and all that. But the yeah. low techs in the movie, which is what we're talking about, they actually seemed relatively happy when when you looked at at, that's at heaven. After years that's likely after years of them like getting used to it after whatever sort of nuclear. Again, it's uh, technically and going back to the same example I've been making. I think it's, it's the third time at this point we would be in threads first. <laughs> I, I, I don't think there was an atomic apocalypse in the Johnny Mnemonic timeline. But, but... there was some kind of, uh, some sort of fallout, I think, first. Johnny Mnemonic Future is another cyberpunk, which is yeah. always cool. It's the whole data carrier stuff. I think it's neat, but it's very, very, very dangerous. And it's yeah. another one of those adapt or survive things. If you're rich, you can kind of live above all of the badness and hire people to do all your dirty work for you. But if you are poor and you're trying to kind of get ahead in the world, you have to put yourself in danger on a constant basis. Yes. Like being a data carrier or being a uh, a street samurai or something like that. And <laughs> really having to fight constantly. So it would be a very exciting time. Oh, for but, sure. But if you're out of shape or if you are are uh not if you've got the brawn you could survive if you've got the brains you can probably survive if you're somewhere in the middle you're probably not going to survive you're screwed yeah you're not going to have a good time are you yeah. saying us as film critics and film fans would not make it oh i don't know about youtube but i'm sure i'd be fine oh i think this this fucking this giant sack of beef will be somebody's <laughs> this is my uh, ideal future. That's it's your like, ideal future. Okay, Pete. All right, Pete, you got to fight to survive. Ah, all right, guess I'll do it. Yeah, you <laughs> you would be somebody, you would be some rich dude's bodyguard. I think I would probably, I'm, I'm fucking smart. So You'd probably be a courier, a brain, <laughs> I could be courier. a dating, I'd be a courier or I'd be a hacker. And Josh would be the, the angry, you know what? You would be Iggy Pop in hardware. Oh my God. There you go. Well, I was yes. going to bring up, I was going to, bring up hardware because okay think about it from hardware's perspective the world is garbage but at the same time welfare pays for your apartment marijuana cigarettes that you can buy on the street if you're one of the people like jill it's not too bad huh yeah actually hardware's um Hardware wouldn't be terrible. Like, it's kind of a, a, on one side, it's kind of a dirty dystopia, but on the other, it seems like you have a, a certain sense of freedom, and of course, you can be kind of poor and still taken care of. It sort of seems like, I guess, the future in that, even though it's kind of meant to be uh, tied to the 2000 AD future and it's sort of like a Judge Dredd thing, it does sort of seem like a version of the future where... I think it's meant to be like like an extreme version of socialism or something like that's what it seems like welfare that takes care of people and it's like you can be poor you don't necessarily have to work but you, you're not living the not living that much of a lavish life but I guess you know your food and stuff is is paid for and I guess so it would be somewhat comfortable but it also seems like a pretty violent you know like a mega city one kind of future but probably not not the worst one not necessarily an ideal one but another one where it's like you could kind of see it being like a real like a real future just not like a not like a great one 
it would be another really dangerous future because I mean, people are just constantly getting killed. And, and yeah. then especially let's talk about what the movie was leading up to was about the freaking kill bots that were going to be released to population murder control. All of, yeah. To population control. So I think if you came on board around when, when hardware was going on, it'd be like, Hey, this isn't so bad. And then maybe a week later you'd all be killed. So <laughs> I, I don't think it would really be the best thing to get into the future also of because it takes place in the in the Judge Dread universe. So if you if it weren't the uh, kill bots you're worried about, you could you could probably also worry about getting you know beat to death in the street by a fascist judge. But remember, the judges can only respond to about two percent of crime. So you have a yeah. pretty good chance of being a criminal in Mega City One and not you running into a judge. Five. You're just screwed if you do happen to hit a judge. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Talk about a, a different yin yang kind of thing. Demolition Man. What? Oh, fu- no wh- wh- way. Which which future would you want to live in? The bland, benign, completely controlled, completely sanitized above ground, or the Dennis Leary below ground where you have total freedom, but you don't have anything. I think what Demolition Man asks is, how much are you willing to give up to have your life controlled for you? The above ground is so simple. You, You don't have to think for yourself at all, and you've got everything you could ever need. Or you go to Dennis Leary's below ground, you have to fight for every scrap, but you actually have personal freedom. I would way it's the best goddamn rat the, burger I ever had. I would much rather be eating rat burgers with Dennis Leary. Yeah, I would be. Uh, I'd be cussing up a storm and eating rat burgers, <laughs> then uh, kissing ass up top and uh, having to deal with all the you know singing uh, the Oscar Mayer hot dog song. Oh God, you don't like Taco Bell? <laughs> yeah, the, or, or for our foreign pizza, listeners, Pizza, pizza Hut. Hut. Yeah, Pizza, pizza. Hut. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now. This next one, I think, is interesting. It wouldn't be a good future to live in. But the movie's not great, but it's got a great idea at its core. Titan AE. Earth is blown up. We've lost most of our solar system. We're in a Star Trek-type future with lots of aliens and federations and stuff and starships. But we, humans, are the scum of the galaxy. We have no home. No one takes us seriously. We have no government. We are the leeches of the galaxy. I think that's a pretty interesting future, and I just think the movie didn't didn't do it right. I kind of like the Titan AE future on a story level. It doesn't explore the aspects I wish it would have explored. It hints at them for the first half hour, and then goes on the we're going to rebuild humanity subplot. Yeah, like, it, it's something that definitely could have been explored more in the film. It would be kind of an interesting future, but again, not certainly not an ideal one, especially if you are part of a species which is human in that film which everybody everybody else hates definitely not a safe one that's a very very dangerous future if you're a human i think maybe they were setting things up for more in the future like more storylines they could have followed with sequels but it yeah. didn't like they were expecting that to be a really big deal because it bombed um, so hard it caused the studio to go under they were plugging that so hard in front of um episode one they were running it was fight club Titan AE and something else. I don't remember what I'm talking like 99 with, with Star Wars episode one, where they were plugging there. I remember fight club cause they opened a fight club. It went into Titan AE and then there was something else. And, uh, but they were plugging that hard. And I thought, you know, visually I thought it was stunning. I thought it had a lot of really good ideas, but like you said, it just didn't quite experience them. It didn't go into them as much as it should have. It didn't explore them as well as it should have. And I think maybe they were kind of, focusing on getting the characters and the story out there and hoping to do more in the future 
that just never happened. This one's going to be a weird one. I brought it up earlier. What about Highlander 2 under the sh- <laughs> uh, under the shield? Because personally, it would be crap. And, you know, you, you had that, that fat lady attack Connor McLeod for building the shield and all that, which, you know, this was also a global warming kind of thing for the, the prologue. Hey, think about it under the shield. You don't have to worry about about moisturizing because everything's always wet crops you're gonna have problems with crops with sunlight but you're not gonna have to worry about water i i kind of liked the the look under the shield although i think living in it would have been yeah it's another one of those cases where it would be a livable dystopia it's something where it's like you don't necessarily want it but you could probably survive and still live as a person and have a job and, and things like that. But it would probably have days where it just really sucks, but is livable. Like an, an, another case of uh, something like hardware or other movies like that, where it's like definitely have a life that you can live, but it's not exactly the the ideal version of a future you want to you want to live in. Highlander 2s is maybe better than one where potentially kill bots or judges can slaughter you. But um, I guess it wouldn't be it wouldn't be too bad bad it's just it's such a it's a cool looking future but i don't think it would be fun to live in it okay i'm gonna go out there then daybreakers would you want to be one of the vampires or one of the humans living in the desert because the vampires obviously they're running out of blood and you know sam neill's character is sort of stupid in the movie when he finds this out and they find this cache of humans he just wants to drain them right away and instead of you do know that's a temporary fix which i guess maybe that's like a commentary on government efficiency that you know we're we'll go for the temporary fix instead of taking a couple of hits and going for a long term cuz think about it from the vampire's perspective you got these humans you let them breed and then you can slowly start having having the human population grow again that you can feed off of. Or we can just kill them all now, and in a month we're back to where we were, but now we don't have a cache of humans to find. Oh, shit. I actually do think that might be a commentary on corporate greed and government, or it's poor writing on on the screenwriter's part. I'm not sure which. I think it's definitely meant to be like a corporate greed kind of thing. I think that's what they were going for. Yeah, they were pretty smart guys when they put that together. Sadly overlooked film. It's I think what happened was people were so sick of Twilight at the time that any vampire movie that came along, people were like, oh, God, oh, vampires, and just avoided it. Of course, you'd want to be one of the survivors. Uh, It wouldn't be fun, but, uh, you know, you'd be living. You wouldn't be food. I'm not talking about the murderous hockey mask wearing killer from the past. What about the Jason X future? Would the future of Jason X be interesting? Because we do get hints of like a war in the past and then Um, and that aliens might exist. And you got that giant floating city. I think the Jason X future minus the hockey mask wearing sociopath serial killer, (laughs) I think would not have been a terrible future to live in. It seems like that future is basically in the Jason next future kind of seems like just the star trek future like i think that's kind of what it's what it's meant to be like i think world peace was kind of achieved there's a new well well, they're not on earth anymore so well we're on we're on earth two now we've abandoned the planet because it's been ravaged by global warming or whatever it was or a big war but i do think other than the other than the, the the actual jason in it that future doesn't seem too bad it seemed like everything was kind of hunky dory until yeah. that uh, until hey he just wants his machete back. <laughs> now we're we're gonna dig deep here. Firebird 2015 AD, where you're a burner. Gasoline is outlawed. 
all fossil fuels are outlawed, cars are all run on 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 some other super fuel that doesn't work so well. People ride bikes, but you're a burner. You're in the desert using gasoline and you get killed for that. What about Firebird 2015 AD, a movie I guarantee most of this audience has never heard of before right <laughs> now? Come on, it's got well, Doug McClure and Darren McGavin, man. Well, that one, uh, no, I, I don't think that'd be a good future to live in. That's pretty, that's pretty close to something like, um, be pretty close to something like Mad Max or Road Warrior, but there's still like a government that kind of polices you. Like it almost seems like it would be pre-point, like before everything kind of collapses, and you have people that are sort of doing doing their own thing in the wastelands and the deserts and stuff. So no, I would not want want to live in that. I would personally rather live in the Starship Troopers future over that. Serving means citizenship. <laughs> See, I Just wouldn't want to live in that one. Out. But okay, let's let's talk about a satire future. Now we don't know exactly when this takes place, but shock treatment—the sequel, mm. not sequel to Rocky Horror—the whole world is basically a reality show. Would that be an interesting future, or the way they show it in the in the movie is it's sort of a bland, benign, sanitized future? What about shock treatment? I I wouldn't really wouldn't really dig on that too much. I I don't like the idea of this like very sanitized safe uh it's the same thing with um with demolition man like the the above ground people that seems like a real just awful boring kind of way to live i would always rather be uh underground with the with the low techs and uh, eating rat burgers as i said with dennis leary no shock treatment not not so much what i would like i would again <laughs> i would rather live in a a starship trooper style future or even like even like the future in um and RoboCop doesn't seem that bad either. Starship Troopers, like you said, it's you'd have to you'd have to fight, but uh Well, I mean, you don't necessarily even need to. Like if you wanted to join up for service, the only thing would be like if you want to vote or whatever, you would have to join up for mobile infantry, but you could still just sort of just live live a life even without that. Like it seems like a pretty standardized kind of peaceful-ish future other than giant bugs that launch their spores and, and try to kill you but it's like unless you're it, in buenos aires unless yeah if you're in buenos aires you might be kind of but it, it's it seems like it's a pretty like like okay future like if you want to join the mobile infantry you can you might be kind of crapped on you might be told hey you don't have you don't have the right to vote or whatever but it's like it, it seems like it's um almost like a more like it's a more imperialistic version of of like the Star Trek future, essentially. Okay, what about the RoboCop future then? You know, okay, we only in the RoboCop movies we only ever find out about Detroit. We don't know what the rest of America is like. So let's just say the rest of America, for the sake of argument, is like Detroit with rising crime rates, crimes out of control, cops are going crazy out on the streets, corporations so run everything. Now, so it's, yeah, it's, I was I was want to say it's basically America <laughs> under Trump, but because. Because it, it's uh, when that movie came out, Detroit was booming in the industrial industry and in the the automotive industry, and then it actually did end up collapsing. So it's like RoboCop kind of did did predict what the future was going to be. So essentially, it's not even something that we can say what 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 would it be like to live in the RoboCop future. It's like we kind of are if you think about it. You know, Detroit did collapse. It did lose its automotive industry. It did become kind of a, a weird street. Uh, war zone in a way we do have corporations that are eating up 
lots of other smaller services and whatnot. Like if, if you wanted to make a comparison to anything to that might be sort of the OCP of today, it's like it's kind of Disney. <laughs> so it's like or Comcast or Comcast. Yeah, it's like we're kind of already living in RoboCop just without the uh, the Ed 209s and the and the cyborg street cops. Now, I'm not talking the cloning facility angle, but once the island, once they escape into the real world, it doesn't seem so bad out there. You've got these flying little motorcycle things. You got little hologram watches. You got, you know, the the, the street phones, which I guess, you know, kind of pay phones. There's not really cell phones in the, I don't know if that was a conscious choice on Bay's part, but the future in the island, if you're an actual natural born human, doesn't look so bad, does it? Well, that was the thing. The island wasn't particularly bad. Well, I shouldn't, you know, the the movie The Island wasn't particularly bad. What I'm saying is that the people that lived on the island, they thought that they were living in this sort of uh, enclosed environment, which they were, but they didn't know that they were really just living, you know, body parts. So it was sort of a clonus horror, right? Yeah, it was sort of a clonus (laughs) parts horror, if you will. But that was the thing. The people that were living in the real world were the millionaires. And so it was kind of like a regular society. And then and here was this little pocket world where all these people lived that were just organ donors. So that one wasn't so much bad future. It was just a bad future if you were a clone. And really, they weren't living that bad of a life. They were, I mean, things were until were their life came to an end. Unexpected. Until their life Michael came Clark to an Duncan's scene end. is horrifying, man. Yeah, until your life came to a horrifying, you know, until abrupt end because uh, your your alcoholic person who is the real person needed a liver. I'm going to bring up two movies that have a similar premise, although they go in wildly different directions with it. What about Escape from L.A. or The Bad Batch, where basically a Christian-controlled government has taken over the presidency and all of the government. You have all these rules to follow, you know, no red meat, no premarital sex, no swearing. And if you don't follow those, you get kicked out. In Bad Batch, you get kicked out into Mad Max land, and you have to fight the cannibals and Keanu Reeves as like a weird Jim Jones kind of guy or in escape from la you've got cuervo jones what about something like that where you are given a chance to follow the rules led by the moral majority if you don't want that you can go live in mad max times kind of a typical dystopia again yeah it's kind of rough but um uh, in a way, a little bit of a like mind warp mind, you know, then we find out that it was all just, uh, you know, VR. So we don't know what the real world outside is. But that was kind of the thing. She wanted to get out of that and then found out, oh, wait, the, the tall man is out here making sm- making smoothies out of people. Well, what about something like The Matrix then? Where, like, you have Cypher who, he's in the real world, and it's shit. He would rather just live in The Matrix where he can, quote-unquote, live a normal life. Would you rather give up your freedom and your humanity to have a comfortable life? Or would you rather fight it out with the weird squid things? So you're asking me if I want to get red-pilled? Red-pilled or blue-pilled, it's up to you. Although although now, in the Me Too era, that might have a little Cosby connotation to it. That's what I'm, yeah, that was the joke I was making. Ha! I, I preempted you. <laughs> Those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety 
deserved neither. Which is what they always said when the Patriot Act came in, that you're giving up freedom for safety, and that's not freedom. But yeah, right. th- th- that's a different discussion. Well, we talked right. about it last week. Soylent Green. Like I said, hookers are part of an apartment. They're furniture. Or you're one of the people who are just wanting Soylent Green. Obviously, there's a giant class divide. If you're in the lower class, it would suck. If you're in the Charlton Heston class, that's not a terrible life, is it? His is kind of, what he's pretty much just like part of the work class right yeah but he's not part of the rich class but he's also not part of the poor class he has an apartment he has regular food you know they still have to pedal the bicycle for power and stuff but his life is not terrible is the point whereas the people he's policing their lives suck in in that future i guess if if you had a job and were kind of like sort of a laborer or something like it wouldn't be terrible but again it's one of those like it's a dystopia. It's a livable future. It probably wouldn't be awful. It's better than having to like fight a, a nuclear future robot war your whole life. It's not perfect. It's not necessarily awful. I guess it does end up being awful because the main like food source of the world is grinding people down and, and eating people. But it, it does seem like, I guess, if you had a if you had a job, things would be kind of like pretty OK for you. Well, I know this is one Cecil would, uh, although again, we'd all die in it. What about the Crow City of Angels future? Everything is chaotic. The gangs seem to run everything. Although we do see like organized, you know, I mean, the power is still on. We see some police officers on the street. So there's still some sort of government in Crow City of Angels, Los Angeles. It, it, it seems like it's all really falling apart and that nobody really cares. Although you'd think in a future like that, Ash would have been a lot more careful pissing off the gang. But I guess the screen uh, screen screenwriters need to screenwrite. I guess it. Uh, yeah, it, it would be unpleasant. Uh, I think what it was, it was society was constantly every day just on the brink of collapse. Like it, it, but it always just teeters back enough that chaos doesn't take over. But I mean, there were uh, just giant loads of people just destroying things and, and gangs that went everywhere. It was chaos a lot, but it was just enough control that was able to keep things in check. So I think it would, that would be an also very unpleasant future to live in because there's really everyone's on drugs everyone is addicted to something and everyone is either a victim or a criminal you got to kind of decide which side you're going to be on and neither side is really appealing to the average person so i think it would be a very unpleasant place to live way more unpleasant might be the a boy and his dog future well that a boy and his dog is basically just the road warrior future especially it's a template for road warrior well, yeah, George Miller literally said, this is the aesthetic I'm going for, for, for Mad Max and for Road Warrior. Like, that that just looks like a future that sucks. Like, you, and especially in the context of Boy and His Dog, because at that point, it's been, like, it's been so well established that this character and his dog, Blood, have been living in this future since, oh, since like, you know, he was a kid. Like, this is basically just like a teenager, and it's already gotten to a point where he has like no morality. You know, he, he's talking about how a woman that's been raped and killed could have been used like several more times if they had like left the, the, the body better. So it seems like a future that would basically just, if you don't become total savage, 
that's just out to to survive and and survive on your own means and and your own needs you're not going to live so it just it seems like a very bleak oppressive horrible violent future pretty much on, on the same on the same lengths of of something like road warrior where it's like you have to be a guy like max that is sort of self self-obsessed with fuel and just eating and whatnot that or you become part of a roving motorcycle gang or you try to build little little societies like the oil compound people and you know they obviously ended up getting smashed it's a future where you really just do have to be out for yourself and very selfish and you have to be okay with if you want to get laid you got to rape if you want to eat you probably got to kill you kind of got to just you got to be one of those people that's like kind of okay with taking when you need to take because it's it's a very very savage uh, future. But it's also contrasted with the below ground. If you think about it, Demolition Man is the inverse of A Boy <laughs> and His Dog, where the below ground is the idealized, sanitized, ridiculous, politically correct future, and the above ground is the savage world, whereas Demolition Man is the exact opposite. So if you think about it, Demolition Man, <laughs> if you take out the Boy and His Dog part, the message it's trying to get across is the same as A Boy and His Dog. They owe a lot to Harlan Ellison and Demolition Man. Everybody owes a lot to Harlan Ellison in general. A boy and his dog would also be unpleasant because uh, especially if you are a female. Yeah, you'd be pretty screwed. Literally. 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 (laughs) Well, okay. What about the ultimate negative future, 1984? Because oh a, a lot of a lot of people who've either not read the novel or not paid attention to it, you know, that, oh, my God, Big Brother is everywhere. He's watching you. And that is true. Most people have freedom. They let the average workers. Yes, they have the, the, the hour of rage and stuff like that. But the average <laughs> workers can go and fornicate. They have they have books. They have, they're propaganda books that they don't realize. They're uneducated. They have books. They have food. They can go do what they want. They can get into bar fights, things like that. It's only those who actually work for Big Brother that are under such control that they're all 24 hours on camera, that everything you do is structured. Again, this is a, you have everything you could ever need, but you lose everything that makes you human, or you can have freedom, but you have nothing. Wouldn't... Uh, uh, I would not I would not want to live in that future. Okay, what about something that's a little more sanitized but 1984-ish like Gattaca? Everything is is made for you. Everything is decided for you. Your parents decided your gender, what you're going to be good at, your intelligence level. It, it, it's like rolling a character at the beginning of a role play, of a D&D game, you know? <laughs> you, you, you never thought of it like that? Oh, that's actually really accurate. And you have no choice. They decide you're going to be a violinist. They decide that you're going to be really good at math, but to do that, eh, maybe you're not so good at, at the other sciences. You know, it, it's like rolling a character at the beginning of a D&D game campaign and then it's like oh wait you were born natural method oh you're slightly off well guess what you're going to be a janitor what about the children of men future because okay you've got you've got people that can't have babies now uh, 2019 2019 future well i was going to say that but that's more of a road warrior future than children of men actually is children of men we know we know what uh we know what children of men ripped off we know what oh no i I, i'm Uh not i'm not disputing you i'm just saying (laughs) 2019 after the fall of new york is almost straight up a road warrior escape from new york whereas children of men is more the loss of hope the loss of a future because the future is lost with children not being able to be born anymore there is no future there's this this crushing what's the point at that point get uh get roddy piper you'll be fine yeah Yeah, we're all frogs (laughs) 
<laughs> That's Frogtown, man. Well, yeah, but again, it's another similar future of we can't reproduce. There's one man left that's fertile. And of course, it's Roddy Piper who has like seven kids. Because Roddy Piper's a virile motherfucker. That's why. He's, yes, he certainly is. He actually is or was. I think it is like he did have something like seven kids with his with his wife or something. So it's like, yeah, that guy was pumping super cum. All he had to do was look at her and she'd get knocked up. <laughs> Quick access. All he had to do was lift the kilt. <laughs> he didn't even have to take his pants off. There were That's no pants. Right. All right. So we looked at various futures. So do you think the future is ever right in these movies? I mean, yes, we talked about how Max Headroom hit a lot of things on the head and some of these get little aspects right. Do you think that we'll ever get a sci-fi movie that looks into the future and actually nails it pretty hard. Because like I said, Predator 2, not so off, at least given from a 1990 perspective. Max Hedrum yeah. got a lot right. What's it going to take to make a sci-fi movie that actually predicts the future accurately? Do you think that's something that we'll have coming? Or is it just still this, let's see what happens? Let's see what happens kind of thing. I, I kind of don't want a movie to predict the future like a hundred percent because I don't know, I guess it's like a, like a Terminator kind of thing. There, there is no fate, but what we make for ourselves, I kind of don't want there to be a set future. And if I could honestly pick to live in any futuristic futury future, the one at the beginning of, of back to the future too, is not that bad. That like living in honestly, a mall. I mean, hoverboards and you have, it's pretty much just, the, the same kind of thing we're living now. You could work whatever job you want. There's a cool 80s cafe. I honestly think that may be the most, like, kind of livable, enjoyable future would be the one, um, obviously not the alternate Biff Tan in Trump Plaza future, but the, the one with the hoverboards and the, and the future flying cars and stuff. That's probably one of the only ones I can think of that I would actually want to live in because that one looks pretty cool. I, I actually think... That when it comes to the future, now I love this movie, a lot of people do not, and that's fine. Southland Tales has one of the best lines about the future. Scientists now think the future will be far more futuristic than originally intended. <laughs> I don't care whether you like the movie or not, that's a fantastic goddamn line. That is a good line. Uh, I believe the children are our future. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Well, wow. then I, I, I'm gonna. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna end on a movie that's not set in the future, but got everything right. 1976's Network. It was mm. set in 1976, and you tell me that there's one thing in that movie that it did not predict about television and pop culture. Petty Chayefsky absolutely nailed it. I actually think if he had set this movie say, 10 years in the future, he it, it would have been seen as some prescient thing. Because remember, when Network came out, people were like, this is ridiculous. This will never happen. <laughs> and, and then now it's like, oh, actually every single thing, including the murder on live television of a reporter, that's all happened now. Yeah. Eddie Chayefsky nailed it, and he wasn't even trying to make a science fiction movie. Gary, I think it just, it, I mean, it, it's coincidental, but, or maybe just saw that things were going in that direction. I think a lot of times movies are kind of, can be reflection of what is going on, a reflection of the world that uh, we currently live in. For better or worse, hey, look at uh, this, this might happen. This is a potential future. And I think sometimes there's probably movies out there where they've nailed it, and we we just don't know. We either haven't stumbled upon it or uh, it, uh, it hasn't happened yet. 
Max Headroom, that they never tell us when that show takes place. But if you do some detective work from, at one point we see Edison Carter's driver's license, which has his birth date on it, and then another episode, they, they, they say how old he is. If you extrapolate, that's 2014. Max Headroom takes place in 2014. They really weren't that far off, were they? Uh, no. It's not. They, they, yeah, they did, uh, they did predict a lot of stuff in that one. So I'm just saying that as an adjunct to what Cecil was saying, it is a reflection of the time, but at the same time, Max Hedrum got really damn close. I think out of everything, Max Hedrum probably got it the the closest that I think anything ever will. Max Hedrum and Robocop. Yeah, the, on, the only thing those kind of movies usually get wrong are the fashions. <laughs> yeah. And maybe yeah, the hairstyles. Even like, even like Robocop, if you look at that one and say, let's say it does take place in 2019 or 2020, 80s fashion has come back recently. There are people that are dressing in, in more denim and leather and whatnot nowadays. So it's like, other than the the big uh, street robots and stuff, pretty much that future where it's one one giant corporation trying to rule everything and uh, people are, are dressing in retro fashion. I, I still want, though, a, a squid unit from Strange Days. Even though that that's, that's the future past, it was the future when they made it, and I want a squid unit. On that uh-huh. note, if you want to relive other people's memories, where could people contact Cecil? I don't even know. That didn't even make sense, but just go with it. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can get me at uh, goodbadflix.com as well as goodbadflix on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and 1201beyond.com. The future! <laughs> in the future, if you would like, if you would wish to contact Peter, he's actually in the past time zone wise from, from Cecil and I. So I guess yes. we're in, we're in Peter's future. You can find me on Twitter at Cinematica and other places, Facebook, the Cinematic is YouTube, the Cinematic is 12onbeyond.com. Of course, at Patreon as well. You can find me there and all these other places eating recycled food. It's good for the environment and okay for you. And you can find me eating real food, because recycled food is gross, at (laughs) 1201beyond.com. You can contact this show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Guys, try to be a cut above. Keep one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold. To the future! In the year 2525, if man is still alive, If woman can survive, they may find In the year 3535 Ain't gonna need to tell the truth, tell no lies Everything you think, do, and say Is in the pill you took today in the year 45, 45 Ain't gonna need your teeth, won't need your eyes You won't find a thing to choose Nobody's gonna look at you In the year 55, 55 Your arms are hanging limp at your side Your legs got nothing to do some machine doing that for you In the year 65, 65 Ain't gonna need no husband, won't need no wife You pick your son, pick your daughter too 
From the bottom of a long glass tube Whoa, whoa In the year 7510 If God's a-coming, he ought to make it by then Maybe he'll look around himself and say Guess it's time for the judgment day In the year 8510 God is gonna shake his mighty head He'll either say I'm pleased where man has been Or tear it down and start again whoa, whoa. In the year 